I feel like once I'm on the start line, I'm like, phew, I've ticked the box <laughs> um, and I can just enjoy the race. Now, in this point in my career, like nothing will throw me off because I've, everything's been chucked at me. Kind of realized that like, I put the Olympics on this massive pedestal that I had to make the team, otherwise I wasn't like a good athlete or my career wasn't like a good, I couldn't look back and be like, I've had a good career. Thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy. In just a few minutes, we're going to be joined by a very special guest, Charlotte Perdue, who is fresh off an incredible performance at Berlin. We're going to be diving into everything about that race, about her pro career, which started at the age of 16, and about how she uses adversity to fuel her fire and come back even stronger. But before we get into that, a little update on our own running lives. So, Steph, how's your week been? My week is good. I'm happy because even though I ran a marathon on Sunday my legs have recovered really well um I mean that's probably partly due to due to the fact that obviously I had a bit of a slow few miles (laughs) during the marathon which may have helped them recover a bit quicker but it means that I've done a few runs this week I had Monday off and then I did a little jog on Tuesday and I was like this feels all right so I'm trying to be sensible just keeping it easy easy miles um, won't do any sessions for a couple of weeks, but it's nice just to enjoy running without any big goals coming up. So yeah, we do a bit of cross country and stuff over the next few weeks, which will be fun before deciding what's next and buckling down again. Nice. So just enjoying taking it a little bit less seriously and yeah. running for running's sake. Yeah, but I, you do miss it quite quickly. I'm kind of like... Yeah. And especially like when I'm like, oh, that didn't quite go right. I'm like hungry for the next thing. Like I know my fitness is still in a really good place. So I'm like, I just want to kind of go again. But, mm. need but that's to a good thing. Back. Yeah, of course. That is a good thing. And what about you? So you're now back training. Um, I am back yeah. training. Um, slow, getting there slowly, kind of building up sensibly under my coach's strict instructions which again, like I'm just itchy. I want to get back to marathon training. Yeah. But I'm being sensible. Um, but yeah, it's been good. I think I feel like this week has really tested how well I can listen to my own advice because in the Q&A last episode, we were talking about how you stay motivated during winter mm-hmm. and when the weather's terrible. And we had some very good answers, but I have to say this week has really tested me. Yeah. Because every run has been windy or cold. I have been rained on so many times and just come back like drenched, covered in mud. Yeah. And it's just a bit grim. It is grim. And also it's the dark evenings for me. I'm not back into double runs yet, but I'm thinking when I've been finishing work, I'm like, it's pitch black outside. Mm. If I would have to go for a run now, like this is going to be really hard. And you just, I almost forget every year. (laughs) It comes back round and I'm like, I'm sure last year it wasn't like this. But yeah, it is definitely hard to get out when it's dark in the evening. Yeah. Okay. What was our tip for that? Um, It was, so number one was find a friend to run with. So we did that this week. We ran together and that, it, it does help for sure. Dress for the weather and also know like once you're out, you're out and you're going to feel better when you're out and you'll you'll be able to get it done you can physically get it done into ourselves (laughs) although ironically having complained about the mud I also signed up for a cross-country race we both have signed up for the same cross-country race which is going to be hilarious I'm so excited for it (laughs) but it's going to be funny um and do you have spikes no, I mean, yes, I do, but I'm not wearing them. I, <laughs> you're going to fall over. I still have my spikes that I, I got, like, 
I think I got them in like 2016. So I don't, I feel like maybe spikes have progressed in <laughs> the last seven years. Yeah, I mean, I've got my track spikes, but I guess, I don't know. Can I wear those for cross country? You might need to put in the longer actual spikes so they grip. Okay, they're but, also very clean. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm probably going to wear my trail shoes. But, okay. I mean, I'm going to be crap anyway, so I might as well make it harder for myself. It's gonna be, it's gonna be great. I can't wait. <laughs> and I feel like you've got to fall over in cross country, so yeah, I've, it's I've fine. been there. I've been it's there. It's gonna be fine. It's yeah. gonna be great. Anyway, enough complaining about the British weather and the mud. Yeah. Shall we crack on? Let's get into it. So it's now time to welcome Charlotte Purdue to the sofa and a little background on. Charlotte's bio. So she's been an elite athlete since her teen years. Um, and she's competed in multiple international teams over cross country, track and road. Um, her PBs, so 5,000 meters, her PBs 1523, 10,000 meters, it is 3203. Half marathon is 68. 08 and most recently her marathon pb is now down to 22.17 so a huge range and such over such a long career i can't wait to find out more about it thanks for joining me rose harvey and me steph mccall for five miles easy the podcast where we go behind the scenes on the highs lows and learnings of our running journeys and bring you conversations to inspire, motivate, and get you one step closer to your running goals. So let's lace up for Five, five miles, miles Easy. Thank you so much, Charlie, for joining us for Five Miles Easy today. Thanks. The first question is, what is your why when it comes to running? Um, I, uh, have, I have thought about this. I think um, my why is probably to burn off all the energy that I have. <laughs> um, nah, just because I love running, um, I became addicted to it. So just, yeah, it's part of my life now. And you've been running for so many years now. Do you think your why has changed over the years or do you think you've still got that like original why and that's just carried you through to now? Um, no, I don't think my uh, why has changed. I think obviously it's more pressure now because it's my job, but um no still the original like love it addicted love running kind of vibe I love that I love it just to burn off the energy I (laughs) can so relate to that like sometimes I just I'm just like I just have to go for a run like I need to get out of the house right now and just run so I can so relate to that um but you have you've been running for so long I mean you send your signed your first sponsorship deal with Nike when you were 16 I think which is just like crazily young um like what was that like because I know you were you obviously still at school at the time and I know you went to university at St Mary's so I guess in some respects you sort of carried on in normal life but you had this career as a pro runner so how was that for you and did life kind of feel different to your peers at the time um at the time it was I was with a different training group to who I am now but there was kind of uh, a few older girls that were also sponsored by Nike um, at the time. And they were kind of going to like world junior champs and European junior champs. And I was kind of like seeing the pathway 
um, that I was going to hopefully go on myself. So it kind of felt like I was just following in their footsteps. It didn't really feel like I was any different because I wasn't the only one that I was training with like three other girls that um, had yeah got medals actually at the World Junior Track Champ. So it was like, oh, this is just what I'm meant I'm going to do if I like do the same training as them. So, but yeah, my school friends, they were kind of like, well, what are you doing at the weekend? And I was like, well, I'm running in the world cross country champs. And they were like, what? That's weird. <laughs> um, so was, they were really supportive, but obviously I did live a different life to them already at like age 15. I wasn't going like on girls holidays. I remember like GCSEs, they were going like on a massive holiday after GCSEs. And I was like, no, I've got the European track champs, um, which was like cool in one sense. But obviously I did like miss out on a lot. Um, but looking back, I kind of think like it's a life that I chose and I did, I did love it then and I do love it now, but yeah, I definitely missed out on a, a lot of social things. Yeah. But I mean, what an amazing experience to have, like way better than a girl's holiday, I bet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, obviously that would have been fun too, probably, but I still, yeah, like I said, I wouldn't change it. Um, I loved doing it and yeah, looking back, like don't have any regrets. It was, it was cool. <laughs> do you feel like now that it's been your career for so long that's added any pressure to it it's this one direction and do you feel that adds pressure or do you still have perspective in that and kind of how do you find that perspective if things aren't going so well yeah I mean I feel like pretty old although I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm that old but I feel in the sport like I have been doing like my ran for GB the first time when I was 16 and yeah I've been doing it for so long it's like well I do feel like an old person in the sport but <laughs> at the same time like I still have things that I want to achieve and while I'm still improving I don't see like why I'm gonna stop like I'm just gonna keep going because like you said it's been my career now for so long but yeah, I don't know. I just kind of take every year as it comes really. Like I've had bad years where I've got injured and not raced or like not got a PB, but then touch wood, like I've always come back and run a marathon PB or run a PB and something or like got better every year. So I think while the trends like keep going like that, I'm going to keep running. And also obviously I've got to still enjoy it, which I do. Um, but I have taken on like other things like me and Adam set up Purdue Performance. So that's like another thing that I do have um which is really good because it takes my mind off running as well um and obviously when I was younger I still went to university and did a degree um although I didn't like go to lectures all the time because <laughs> uh, I was on training camps and stuff I still like got the degree so I still wanted to have like a backup yeah um I did a personal training course as well after uni because I was like oh I don't know if I'm gonna be like still running well um and I'm just yeah I just uh wanted to have like other things on the table as well as running um so yeah <laughs> yeah I think that's so important isn't it because then yeah. it's like you're not just thinking about running and there's other things going on in life and it does give you that perspective that it's not the be all end all yeah when it maybe isn't going so well but I think as you said because you love it so much it's kind of always coming back to your why of like this is why I do it and as you say you're getting pbs like every year still <laughs> and you've just a few weeks ago Another PB in the marathon at Berlin, which obviously was incredible, 2.22. And was that second on the all-time list when you ran that? Yeah. Um, what was your highlight of that race? Um, it's always like so nerve-wracking getting to the start line because, well, for me anyway, the last two marathons have gone like, the training's gone great and I haven't got to the start line. Well, I did for the world champs, but I got COVID. 
um as Rose knows yeah <laughs> um so I feel like once I'm on the start line I'm like phew I've ticked the box um and I can just enjoy the race so for me like once I'm standing on that start line and I know I've done the training I'm like I'm good to go um so for me that was a highlight like getting there in one piece I actually woke up on the day of the race like four o'clock in the morning with a sore throat and I was like, I don't, oh, not again. No. I, was like, I honestly, like that race came at exactly the right time. The next day I was stuffed. I couldn't, I have had a cold for like two weeks after it was really yeah. bad, but like it came at the right time. So I was like, thank you. Someone's looking down on me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like getting to the start line is just, yeah, without getting ill, injured, food poisoning, like is a major good, good tick for me. So yeah, I was happy when I um, got there and then executed the race, like just went well, yeah. Mm. it is like it's the hardest part the training is the hardest part for the marathon I can yeah. totally understand that and I feel the same way I always think of the race is just it's just the fun bit yeah and it's the bit to like just show everyone what you've been doing and training but actually getting through a marathon block is like it's so much harder <laughs> and some of the sessions I've done I've just been like that was genuinely harder than the marathon you know if you turn up not feeling not feeling great for whatever reason, your legs are tired and you still get through a marathon pace session, that can be so much harder than actually racing. Yeah, so. and it's it's not like the half or the 10K where you're like, oh, I'm not feeling, I've got a sore throat, I'm gonna go next week or I'll yeah. choose another half. It's like this marathon you've trained for for like three months, you've thought about this day for ages and then you wake up with a sore throat. It's like, what are you gonna do? You have, you have to race or like, mm. yeah, it's just, you can't really choose another one like straight away, so there is a lot of pressure I feel like riding on that one day and then obviously you only get two chances say a year because you only run really two marathons a year max yeah um maybe three but yeah you don't really get very many opportunities so I feel like there is a lot of pressure on that one day but it makes it good when it goes well but then like you know when it goes bad it's like oh not again kind of just got to pick yourself up and go again for the next one how do you deal with that pressure because that's something that I struggle with is like training for so long and then it kind of comes to that week you're a bit hyper aware of how you're feeling like you say you could feel that sore throat probably because you were just so like how am I feeling am I all right and then knowing that all of that was just for that one day like that's definitely something that I'm like okay this has to go well because like I've done all this training I'm really good shape I've made it to the start line but it's it is a lot of pressure like you say and how do you kind of compartmentalize that in order to like execute the race for it and perform well I think like um for me anyway I've everything's gone wrong for me so like I've had I've had COVID I've had food poisoning I've got injured I've had a stress fracture like everything has happened to me so I feel like now in this point in my career like nothing will throw me off because I've everything's been chucked at me yeah I've had like every event so I think I'm just prepared for everything to go wrong and then like when it doesn't go wrong I'm like oh it doesn't go wrong it's a win Um, (laughs) it's a win but I think like yeah just kind of thinking like obviously you've done all the training it's not wasted so I've had marathons like the world champs last year that didn't go well but the training I did was really good so I look back at that and I'm like well I ticked off another three month block like it was really good um and then obviously that helped me for my next race so it's never like it's never a waste because you've yeah. put in like three months of training you're never just gonna like lose that training even if the race didn't go to plan so I think just putting it in perspective really and thinking like yeah, if this goes well, it's good, but you've still done like so many good sessions Mm -hmm. and stuff, so. Yeah. 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 That's such a good way of looking at it. And obviously your training for Berlin did go really well. 
and you got to the start line <laughs> and despite having a bit of a sore throat, you executed amazingly and got, what was it, over, over a minute PB, was it? Yeah, uh, yeah, over a minute, just over yeah, a minute. Yeah, <laughs> 2.22, um, which was just so cool to see. But in your training, did you um, did you change anything from the last block or was it like anything that really gave you confidence that you could go out and run 2.22 and run that PB? Um, I didn't change anything from the last block. My coach kind of follows like a similar plan each block, but we tweak a few things based on like, if I tell him I don't really like that session, can we do this? <laughs> or, you know, I just give him some feedback of like what I need to do really. Um, Cause yeah, what we've done before, but we didn't change anything massively. Like the block still stayed the same. Um, and it wasn't till I'd say two weeks before where I thought I could run 222. Um, my coach was telling me to kind of not really think about the time and just get the training done. And then we'll decide like nearer the time um, based on the time that he thought I could run. He actually wanted me to run 224 um, and get like, he just wanted me to get a solid one in the bank because the last two hadn't gone well. So he was like, you just go there to Berlin, run 224 and then we'll look for a faster one later in the year. So that was the original plan. Um, but then like I said, when I got to two weeks before, I was running these sessions and I was like, nah, I'm running faster than when I ran 2.23. So I think I can run faster than 2.23. And he was still like, nah, just go for 2.24. He was telling um, Adam, my partner, he was like, she's just got to run 2.24 um, at Berlin. And I was like, no, nah, I'm not going to just go for 2.24 when I know I can run faster. <laughs> so I was kind of just like, not really. Then he went back to Australia and I was like, oh, I'm just not going to message him what pace I'm going to go at. <laughs> so I kind of decided myself that I was going to run faster than 2.24 just based on the sessions. Um, Cause yeah, like I said before, once you get to that point in the training, I didn't want to waste, not waste a marathon, but I yeah. wanted to go like all in on the race day and give it everything. So I said to my partner, Adam, um, who actually ran the race with me, I was like, well, go for, yeah, 2.22 pace and then, yeah, see what happens. So is that just between the two of you then? Yeah. You never <laughs> spoke to your coach, you and Adam just agreed on a pace and yeah, exactly. went for it. I can't, <laughs> I love like, it was literally like the last two sessions that I did, I was like, nah, I'm not going to waste a marathon and go yeah. to 2.24. I did have another marathon lined up in December, which my coach wanted me to do to try and run like better than what I ran in Berlin because he just... Yeah, he wanted me to just get one on the board, really, because the last two hadn't gone well. So I think he didn't want me to put all my emphasis on Berlin in case something happened again. But I was like, surely I'm not going to be unlucky the third time. <laughs> um, so, I yeah. I love that outlook. <laughs> I know. I think he kind of just, yeah, that's why he wanted me to have a backup one. But like I said, once you get the training pretty much done, I was like, well, I've got to just go for it, really. So, yeah. That's amazing that you're so, like, in tune with your sessions and your times <laughs> that you know you can run that pace. Because I have no idea when I completely rely on my coach on what he thinks I can run. And when I look at my sessions, obviously, going into Chicago, you know, I knew I was in PB shape because my sessions are a lot better than they ever have been. But I had no idea what that time was. And if you, obviously, a minute PB is incredible in the marathon. But when you break it down to, like, the seconds... <laughs> per mile you know we're talking like a matter of seconds here yeah so how do you actually like know that <laughs> you can go out and run a couple of seconds per mile <laughs> quicker yeah, like how much better do your sessions have to be I'm so strange. intrigued by it because I just cannot figure it out myself <laughs> it's like I don't know what it is I think everyone always says this like I am like quite realistic when I say to someone like I'm gonna run this i pretty much always do unless I don't get to the start line I just 
from the training, I just know what it feels like to run at the pace. If I can run these sessions at the pace, then I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go. Like, I just know, because I've done so many blocks, like I said, mm. the training doesn't change that much. The sessions kind of stay the same. He does change them a bit because he doesn't like me to compare. Um, but obviously this block, I actually went away to Font-Rameau, um for three weeks with Adam and his training partner. Um, so that was different because I couldn't compare the sessions because we were at altitude. So um, the sessions were actually slower than um, what I did when I ran 223 because I was at altitude. Yeah. So I think that was good because I wasn't able to compare. But then when I got back from altitude was when I did the last two sessions and I was like, oh, I can run faster than 223. <laughs> Just because the pace that I was running, it felt easier than okay. I remember when I did the 223, what I felt like running. And I just thought, you know, Berlin's a faster course mm -hmm. um, than London, what it's meant to be. Yeah. <clears throat> and also it's a mixed race. So I knew I would have people around. Whereas London, like when I ran 223, I ran the last 12K like completely alone. So um, hard. <laughs> yeah, it's so much harder, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> like from, um, from Berlin, like taking that experience now, I'm like, yeah, mixed races are a lot easier. Oh, I say easier. You still have to run the pace and it's still yeah. hard, but it just, it, it just like ticks by a bit quicker. And uh, London Marathon, when you're just completely solo, like the crowd does get you through, but it's definitely feels a lot harder. So I knew like based on that, that I thought I could run faster than 223. Yeah, and was was Adam with you the hot? Did he finished it right? Yeah, he finished. Okay. He um kind of let me go ahead like the last last little bit. Um, yeah, because the race told him like if um there was a race with other women, obviously you can't really have a pacer like okay. get in the way. So yeah. um I think like me and this the Japanese girl, she was like qu quite close to me, so he kind of let us race um which is good and then yeah he did finish but behind <laughs> so yeah it was good to have him there um i didn't really need him though to be honest because there was other like men around but it was good to have him just to rely on like the pace i didn't have to look at my watch the whole time yeah mm. um, and have someone you that there that you really trust yeah it's gonna do a good job and yeah. not like surge and exactly that was good um it was only a second ever marathon as well so he got to tick oh, off like but that's <laughs> awesome I don't think how did you find it he said he found it easy okay. <laughs> but we got to like the Thursday before the race and um I was doing like some strides and a run this was like before we flew to Berlin Adam was like I'm just gonna go and do um 3k at your marathon pace so I know what it feels like because he never really runs at that pace he either runs like faster yeah all his sessions are faster than my marathon pace and all his easy runs are slower than my yeah, marathon okay. pace so he had to he was a bit worried he had to practice like 3k's at like my a marathon steady pace. tempo thing yeah <laughs> and then in the race like the first five no, not the first five the first like three or four k kind of let me go ahead so I could set the pace because he was like I don't know what it's gonna feel like running he said that slow, but <laughs> he said at my pace, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Pretty so, quick to yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Now time to thank the sponsor of this episode, EcoSwash. Now Steph, I don't know about you, but the one thing I don't like about marathon training is the washing. So much washing. Two runs a day, sometimes a gym session in there too. That is a lot of sports kit, a lot of laundry detergent, and with those little plastic pods, a lot of plastic too can't be great for the environment. You need to try EcoSwash. They've created revolutionary plant-based laundry sheets specifically designed to clean activewear. Oh my gosh, that sounds so good. It's also 100% animal cruelty free and it's plastic free and it smells so fresh. I need this in my life. 
Where can I buy it? That's the other great thing about EcoSwash. You don't have to worry about the hassle of running to the shops because it arrives straight through your letterbox. Okay, sign me up. Okay, head to ecoswash.co.uk and buy your box today. You mentioned earlier that, um, you know, you felt like everything's been chucked at you and that helps you kind of deal with the pressure going into races. And we kind of want to dig into like how you um, deal with adversity because it seems like quite a few times in your career, you know, you have had adversity chucked at you, but you've used it to just make the most epic comeback. And I remember after London 2021, which followed not being selected for Tokyo quite controversially. And then you had an absolute storm at London, first Brit, round 223, and you put on Instagram, like when adversity is just the is just the start and that just felt like such kind of a good summary of of the whole thing that had happened but like other times in your career that similar things had happened as well and you just used it to really fuel the fire so how do you like is that a conscious thing do you kind of how do you deal with that adversity and how do you kind of use it to to make those comebacks um i think well, obviously the Tokyo thing was like, I was trying to make the Olympics and then um, did get selected. I kind of just didn't really have a choice but to <clears throat> choose like another goal because otherwise I don't know like what I would have done. There was like, I was very obviously in a bad place after that. I really wanted to make that team and then to be not selected after I felt like ticking all the boxes was like a major like kick in the back I was like oh this is <laughs> this is grim but I think my coach um helped me massively with that he was like straight away you need to run London Marathon and you know like that will be yeah just go for a good time there and then I literally just forgot about the Olympics after that and set my focus on London Marathon like that was my Olympics there was like I wasn't even thinking about um Tokyo after that um yeah it's just all in for London Marathon so I think like, I always have to have a goal mm. um whatever I'm training for just because otherwise the training doesn't feel pointless but it's kind of like I just every day like don't have anything to really like think about when I'm training it's like oh what am I training for now I don't know um which is kind of actually what I'm like now I don't <laughs> don't really know what's next but yeah I just I find it definitely helps to have a goal so if something mm. doesn't go right I just have to like pick myself up and choose something else otherwise I'm like well what am I training for what is happening now I don't really know um so yeah, I think that definitely helps when you have things go wrong. Even like when I've got injured before, I've always targeted like a race as a comeback and I'm just thinking about that. And then if, for example, I can't race that race, I'm like, okay, what's the next thing that I can do? I'm just like always looking for something to focus on. So it kind of takes your mind off like what's going wrong and you're like trying to make everything happen to put everything in your favor really. So it goes goes right the next time. Yeah, that's such um, a good strategy. Thanks. Yeah, I love <laughs> that's that. That's what I tried to do anyway. <laughs> Has your opinion on, so after not being selected for the Olympics and then obviously we're going into another Olympic cycle now, we don't know what's <laughs> going to happen with selection there either. Have you kind of already got a bit of like a strategy for your mindset on that as well? Because I assume you want to be selected, but there's every chance like, we don't know, is there like a backup for next year um, so that not all of your eggs are in <laughs> one basket? Yeah, I think in 2020, like I was all in on that, like my mind, like everything was like, I have to make this team. And then like after I didn't, and like I said, I changed my focus to London, that went well. 
I kind of realized that like I put the Olympics on this massive pedestal that I had to make the team otherwise I wasn't like a good athlete or my career wasn't like a good I couldn't look back and be like I've had a good career but I think since taking a step back and being like oh London went well and like that did change my life kind of I mm-hmm. had like a great race it was great like got a lot of um publicity like not that it's about that like I ran a good time it was kind of like it did feel like the Olympics for me so I think taking the Olympics off the pedestal helped because there are other things you can do and I think as a marathon runner as well you get like the world marathon majors are huge like they are they do kind of feel like a massive thing like a world champs honestly like lining up at London marathon or Berlin marathon or Boston they have felt like a world champs like you're still against like massive competition so I look back and I think like if I don't make the Olympics in my career it doesn't change anything like obviously I do want to make the Olympics but it's still just another race like if I run all the majors and finish in the top 10 like that's still like a good result and I won't look back and be like oh I was a terrible athlete because I didn't make the Olympics I'm like (laughs) there's just so many other things you can do um so obviously yeah I do want to make the team next year but I think I've taken like a little bit of a step back and put like a bit less emphasis on it just because you know like what happened before I was like oh anything can happen um you can run the qualifying time and not get selected so um yeah you just don't know so unless I get selected then yeah I don't know I'll have to plan for that after (laughs) yeah have you ever thought that you just want to quit um I think last well not I say last year when was it 2021 when I didn't get selected for the Olympics I was close really (laughs) yeah like I said I felt like I'd done everything right I'd like run under the qualifying time I was the second fastest I was like there's no way that I'm not going to get selected and then I did not get selected I was kind of like what else can I do like there was I just really wanted like I said to make that team and I felt like I did everything right to get there obviously I did have an injury before that but so did some of the others that were selected so I kind of felt like I'd done everything and like nothing was going in my favor um so yeah I was kind of like oh I just want to focus on something else but I think that's why like setting up the coaching I had that before but something else to focus on and then like I said I chose London Marathon something else to focus on kind of helped me like move on um so yeah I guess that was I'd been pretty close to quitting that time but like I said before um I do just love training and I do love running so it's become such part of my life like I can't really imagine not doing it now Mm -hmm. um obviously eventually I'll probably have to retire but (laughs) (laughs) I don't know when that'll be (laughs) I mean, you've got such, you've obviously got such a strong mindset in both overcoming all those setbacks and just coming back so strong and in racing to do what you do. But how much of the marathon do you think is like physical versus mental for you? Um, For me, I think like 50-50. I think the mindset, like I said, once I do the training, I find the mental side of it, like I say easy, but I do find it like easy um because once I've done the training I know that like I'm not bulletproof because stuff can go wrong in the race as we know but generally like if I've done that training I feel like my mind is like just comes naturally to me like racing is I do love racing um so yeah once I've done the training I'm like I'm good to go um whereas other races obviously where you get to do like more more often like half marathons 10ks they're harder for me I say mentally because I don't know they're not like maybe they're not target races and then I kind of 
can't get like as much motivated for them as the marathon whereas the marathon like because it's such a big occasion and it's such a big day like you do all this training for three months for this one day I'm like yeah I'm ready to go but if mm. there's like a little 10k chucked in there on the way I can't really get like pumped up for it mm. <laughs> as much so I'd find like that a little bit harder but yeah no the marathon I always find like I said once I've done the training I'm like yeah this is yeah good that's to go. so interesting <laughs> so it's almost like the pressure of having such a big race and what Steph you were saying earlier about like how that's the bit you struggle with that almost seems to help you and you feel bulletproof because you kind of thrive off it and have like done all the work together so that's such a yeah it's like the opposite, <laughs> opposite to me <laughs> I honestly feel like I just get more nervous for the training like really just, yeah like once my coach sets me the training I'm like oh I've just don't want to get injured don't want to get ill okay. like, don't want to miss any days and then mm. it's just like I'm kind of want to go into hibernation for three months so I can get it done yeah and then once yeah. the training's done I'm like oh phew <laughs> and you kind of think like oh I've actually got the race to do yet but I kind of feel like I've already done it but yeah yeah so the worry is more about like injury illness rather than the actual going into a session and yeah getting that. 100%, yeah like even if the session doesn't go well like still ticking it off it's yeah. like a you've still done it it's like yeah. in the bank like it's not every session's going to be amazing um no, but yeah still done so. what about <laughs> those those sessions or if you do ever have it in a race like those miles that just seem to go on forever <laughs> and you know the sessions where your legs are tired and or it might be like super windy or something <laughs> what do you have any really good like go-to strategies that you use to just get through it and get the session done yeah I think just thinking like well I'm not gonna stop so what's the alternative like I get mm. out of the car sometimes <laughs> yeah and it's like last Sunday me and Adam did a long run and it was raining like the whole time and it was terrible weather and I was like well the alternative is don't do the run but I'm like not gonna not do the run so yeah. I just have to get it done so I'm like well I could I could go on the treadmill but I'm already out now and I think like once you get going you're kind of you're never gonna well I'm never gonna stop so no. I might as well just get it done even if it's like a bad weather day um my coach always says as well like the effort's the same um so if I tell him like it was windy and I didn't hit the times he's like well the effort was still the same so you're yeah, still like yeah. getting a training benefit from whatever you're doing um yeah so I kind of just look at it as like a whole package now rather than like this session has to be nailed um and I think like I said before um when I do the marathon block obviously some of the sessions are the same but yeah my coach changes them like slightly um just because he doesn't want me to compare and I think that is important because if you're mm. like constantly comparing your times to like every single week, you can get kind of stuck in that rut where you're like, oh, it's windy. I'm not hitting the times. That means I'm not in good shape. Whereas actually like you might have done, it might be windy or something else might have happened. So yeah, you could still be in better shape. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I've, my coach has always said as well, like you can never compare a session because you don't know what you've done. You know, you'll look back on a session a year ago and be like, oh, I ran these times. So we have no, you can't remember. I can't remember what I did that week. <laughs> Is that you know, I can't remember what other runs I did. I can't remember if I'd had like an amazing sleep or a terrible sleep or there are just so many factors that go into it, isn't it? So yeah. that's actually such a, such a useful point, I think, for listeners as well, because so many people do like look back on their Strava and be like, okay, I ran this a year ago, so I've got to run the same thing. And actually it's just so difficult to do that. Yeah, that's I'm really like point. the worst at comparing as well. So yeah, that's why my coach changes all my sessions now. Even if it's really subtle, like, I know why he's doing it. So yeah, it's <laughs> good. Yeah, and it's also the cumulative effect of training blocks. So you've yeah. done like three months of training and then okay, you've had a bit of downtime, but 
you come back again and you're still building on that previous block. So exactly. no matter what, like yep. you're going to progress. So yeah, I think that's quite reassuring as well. Um, a question that we were wondering is what are the best and worst parts of being a pro marathon runner? <laughs> <laughs> um, I'd say the best part is like the travel and getting to go cool places to run. Yeah. Um, yeah, like I've been all around the world for running and that's really cool. Like getting to line up in marathons like around the world and other races, like that's probably the best part. Mm -hmm. The worst part is, yeah, when it doesn't go well, you've like put in all this work and then it's like you have a bad day in a race. It's I say, my dad always says like a good day at the office when I have a good race, but like when you have a bad day at the office, it's not just a bad day at the office like someone who with a nine to five can go in and have a bad day at the office and be like oh well tomorrow's another day yeah or like I said before you train for three months for a marathon and you have a bad day at the office it's like well actually it's three months of work that you feel like is wasted um so that's the worst part I'd say like when it doesn't go well but then equally when it does go well it's very rewarding <laughs> mm, so. that's so true I think from I kind of have the comparison of like not that my job was nine to five because it was horrendously <laughs> long hours, but of having that kind of normal job and when you had a bad day, you know, or even a bad week, you'd be like, okay, well, I get to go home to this other life. Whereas in, there's such a big contrast with pro running because I feel like the highs are so high, but the lows are so light, yeah. low. So you get <laughs> such more of a kind of roller coaster journey. Yeah. But the highs are amazing exactly and that's what like you always keep coming back for those highs but yeah and you do quickly forget about the lows like I like I said when obviously the world champs when we both got COVID that mm. was like a low for us both but then like now we've both run just good marathons so you're like we've yeah. forgotten about the world it's champs. just kind of water under the bridge <laughs> exactly. and, it's and you're like oh it. that happened before and yeah. you kind of just talk about it as if it's like part of the journey Yes. Um, but at the time it feels like the lowest point in your your life you're like oh it's all wasted like all this training but now I look back and I'm like oh yeah that happened <laughs> do you feel yeah. like now you can if there are low points you can kind of remind yourself of that because you've experienced them before you're just like okay I've yeah. been here before yeah I know like it's gonna get better again and you can kind of more quickly realize yeah. that I think like the hardest thing is when you have multiple things that go wrong mm. um in a row then you're like oh am I ever gonna come out of this <laughs> um like after world champs getting food poisoning at London I was like oh what is happening it was like two yeah. things in a row and then London marathon earlier this year I had to pull out because I um had a few injuries in the build-up so I was like oh, I'm not in like good enough shape to race so I pulled out and I was like well this is like three start lines now which I've pretty much not got to it's like, when when am I ever going to ha have, like, another good race again? Um, but, yeah, now I finally have a, had a good race again. I'm like, oh, phew. <laughs> I've broken, like, the cycle of bad yeah, races. Yeah, now be a string of really good <laughs> <Hopefully>, races. <yeah>. <laughs> and <laughs> it's funny because from an outside perspective, like, you don't see any of that. No. And, you know, I, I didn't even... It doesn't seem that long ago since you had a really good race. So <laughs> it's just like, oh, you've gone and cracked out another great marathon. <laughs> so it's funny that, you know, to hear the behind the scenes is so different and actually like okay you didn't make three start lines but it is quite a short section of your career and then you still come back and smash it so <laughs> that's awesome at the time it feels like like I said it's dragging on for ages and you're like yeah. oh nothing's going right for me but then like like you just said looking back you're like oh it's actually um like last year I ran long. yeah like Boston it was only 2022 yeah. and now yeah it's like crazy but yeah. yes it goes quick <laughs> you mentioned that um 
you know, you you've used to put Olympics on a pedestal and you've kind of moved away from that mindset, which is, as we said, like such a healthy way to look at it. But do you have like an ultimate goal for your career, whether that's a race, a time, or just like a, a kind of broader goal? Like when you look um, back, what do you want to, is there anything that you really want to have like ticked that box and achieved? I'd say no, not specifically anymore. Um, I always wanted to like run for Great Britain, do like a world cross country, which I've done. And then like a European cross and like a world track champs and like then move to the marathon. There was always like, I always changed, my goals kept changing. Um, but I'd say there's not like an ultimate goal anymore. It's more like about the journey, I'd say. I know it sounds cringy, but no, it is like, awesome. um, like the journey to get to the start line. So many like memories of like training camps, like training with other people, like just experiencing different places to run, like different races, traveling around the world. Like all of that is part of the the journey which hopefully I'll look back on and be like oh that was cool um yeah. so even if yeah like I said I don't go see Olympics I've still like ticked off a few things that I like thought I would never do so um yeah I'd say there isn't really an ultimate goal I do still think I can run faster in the marathon um but yeah uh for other distances I'm like oh I don't know if I can run faster for that <laughs> but yeah like obviously I'm kind of all in for the marathon now so the other events are kind of like always on the way to a marathon so I would like to run faster in other events but just whether it fits in but I think definitely the marathon I do want to get my time down just yeah as much as I can um in the next few years so that's I guess a little goal <laughs> no I yeah. love that answer and it's so nice <coughs> because I mean hopefully there's many more years to come for your career but you always look back now being satisfied with what you've done now there's of course you want to be faster but like overall there's not this one thing that you need to achieve it's just like a lot of good memories and good performances which is so nice it's also quite similar to like our first episode we did was with Jack Rowe and he talked a lot about how he just focuses on the process rather than the outcome and actually that's what he's found has got him the best results. So rather than being like, I have to run this time, it's like actually just go and make every session the best yeah. you can. And that like that's got him the results and it makes it so much more enjoyable process. Cause as we all know, you know, in marathons and any races, there's so much out of your control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think if like your whole purpose and your why for running is focused on achieving a certain time or a place in a race, like you're going to be disappointed <laughs> because exactly. it might not happen. So you've yeah. got to, and the process is such a big chunk of it. Like you've got to enjoy it and you've got to love it. Exactly. I feel like even if, for example, I, I run like a massive P, well, I ran a PB in Berlin, but I still think I want to run faster. Like you always change the goal. Yeah. So like, mm. even if I'd have run, I don't know, 2.15 in Berlin, I would have been like, oh, I think I can run 2.12 now. <laughs> yeah. Like yeah. it's just, you always change the goal. So it's never really enough. So if you don't enjoy like, here and now you're like you're just gonna look back and like you said always be disappointed because I feel like I don't know if you ask like a double uh, Olympic gold medalist they probably want more like you always just want more so the thrill lasts so little time doesn't it yeah so you gotta you gotta enjoy the journey as well as yeah the results and the good and the bad Mm, actually I got asked that question the other day about it's like oh like how you know, you're still like buzzing from running a 223. And I was like, honestly, no, like (laughs) I was buzzing for, you know, I'm really happy with it, but it wears off so quickly. And then my mind a week later was like, okay, so what can I do now? Like, how do I get to the next goal? Like, what's my next marathon? And you do just 
move on to the next thing so quickly yeah. and yeah enjoying the process is just is so fundamental our last question which you ask all listeners is what's one moment we call it your high five me moment where you would just give yourself a massive high five. Now I feel like you've got a lot to choose from here, <laughs> but one moment doesn't have to be like your PV, but when you were just so proud of yourself. I honestly think uh, the London Marathon in 2021, because like I said, just having like everything chucked at me before that, yeah. and um, then for it to go right on the day, like it was so satisfying crossing the finish line and being like, wow, I just, I did it. Like I came back from all that and ran a PV. So I think like even now I look back as that was like my my best race because mm. honestly like <laughs> yeah if you just said to me like three months ago that I was gonna do that I would have been like no nah, I'm not gonna do I'm not gonna not gonna run again I'm gonna retire <laughs> um, so yeah that was my high five moment oh, oh that's awesome yeah. I remember that day and I was like I felt like giving you a massive <laughs> high five I think a lot of people felt like giving you a massive high five so. yeah so well it deserved was awesome. and such a sign of your strength as well so. thanks. Well, we cannot wait to see what is next. But thank you very much for joining us for 5 Miles Easy. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for 5 Miles Easy. See you next time.